Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Call pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome back, everybody. Another week of the Eagle Hour. If only you could see behind the scenes sometimes. It's definitely Monday, but we're on the air. We're glad you're with us. Opening segment of our show, as always, is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and uh, we thank them for everything they do. Remind you, they're a great place to contact uh, to cater. Your holiday activity, whether it be for your office or your home or your family or whatever, Dickie's Barbecue can take care of you. Broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel today, Bob Kelly and Luke. And we've got a good show for you here in a couple of minutes. We're going to be joining Barry Allen, who's with the Lending Tree Bowl. Uh, Nick Williams, basketball coach, will be joining us as well. And Judge Tony Mazingo a little later on the show. So, Kelly... Good Monday to you. Yeah, good Monday to you. Monday to you as well, Bob. Good weekend for the Eagles basketball-wise. Of course, big winners over Lamar. uh, And in a unique situation, the Eagles are actually on the road as we speak, uh, heading on via bus back to Beaumont, Texas, where Lamar University is located. They will play a Tuesday night game uh, and then have one more game against McNeese this weekend before – their final non-conference game against UNLV out in Las Vegas on the 22nd of December. But it is it is bowl week as well as we talked about. The Lady Eagles dropping a decision against Alabama yesterday. And Luke Johnson, as we call you in, the Lady Eagles, you know, I think when Joy Lee McNellis was on the show last week, I think she thought that it was going to be a you know, a pretty prohibitive victory for Alabama, but the Lady Eagles kept it close. You know, uh, Alabama emerged victorious, but just by nine points. So, um, you know, all in all, not a bad effort by the Lady Eagles and the men win big. What do you make of it? Yeah, with with the uh, the men, I mean, what what more can you say? I mean, yeah, Lamar is a lesser opponent, but at the same time, Eagles shot it well. Eagles played it well. And and to talk, you know, follow up what you said about the the Lady Eagles. I mean, you lose by nine at home against an Alabama team that that you were underwhelmed. They're seven and two right now. Important for me uh, to note that uh, Grayson gets thirty five minutes, fourteen points. So it seems like she's back where she can play, as Joy Lee hinted at last week. But of course, it is Bowl Week, Bob Getty, the Lending Tree Bowl, the Eagles against the Owls, old Conference USA foes. No question, and we're glad to have from the Lending Tree Bowl, Barry Allen with us from Mobile, Alabama. And Barry, uh, thanks for coming on the Eagle Hour. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, It's our pleasure. A lot of excitement here in Hattiesburg about the Golden Eagles being back in the bowl picture. 
course, everybody always wants to know this, so I'll, I'll start off this uh, segment by asking you this. Run us through the process, if you will, of, of when the bowl may have first started uh, looking at Southern Miss, began to get interested in the Golden Eagles, and, and what led to the decision to invite uh, USM to your bowl? Well, I think the first thing is, is uh, that ESPN controls a lot of a lot of what goes on in uh, bowl season uh, with matchups for television and different things. Uh, we're tied in with three bowl with three conferences: uh, the Sun Belt Conference, the MAC, and Conference USA. And uh, when they started looking at all the Sun Belt Conference teams as to where they would go. I mean, it's a no-brainer to make that easy little trip from Hattiesburg to Mobile and bring Southern Miss to Mobile. I mean, it's just, it just made too much sense. I said, surely they're not going to mess this up, <laughs> and we're going to get Southern Miss. And, and uh, they did, and, and we got them, and we're excited that they're coming. I mean, it's an easy trip. I mean, even most people can do a day trip with it, uh, a 4.45 kick. Uh, so we... We're excited to have the Golden Eagles coming to town, and we expect a lot of black and gold at Hancock Whitney Stadium this weekend uh, when Southern Miss and Rice take on one another in the 24th Lending Tree Bowl. With all due respect, you know, Rice is a team that, that did not finish the season you know, very strongly, didn't even get to the six-win threshold. Um, what, what kind of discussions take place when teams don't even get to the six-win threshold, and then how do you go about sifting through those teams and who to invite? Well, that's a good question. Um, there were only 80 eligible teams, so we had two teams that we were going to have that to, for the 42 bowl games, not counting the national championship game. But there, there are 82 spots, and there were only 80 teams. Uh, so we had to we had to fill a spot. Um, New Mexico State and Appalachian State both finished six and six. Um, Appalachian State in the Sun Belt Conference only had two F, had two FCS wins. Can't have more than one. So they had two. So that kind of took them off the board. And New Mexico State also had two FCS. FCS wins, but one of their games came about because they lost the game with San Jose State in November because, tragically, San Jose State had a player that was killed the night, the day before they were supposed to play, and rightfully so, the game was canceled. So, I think the NCAA and the bowl people looked at that and uh, New Mexico State rescheduled the game. They played Valparaiso I think championship game weekend, I think they beat them like 66-3. to three, And uh, they got their sixth win, and they granted them a waiver. So I left one other team, and uh, Rice was selected based on uh, the highest available APR score out of the five and seven teams that were out there. So that's, that's Rice coming in with a uh, you know, very good academic record. And, uh, you know, I've played well this year. They had some tough breaks. You know, Conference USA, you know, they, they do really good teams in that league. And, you know, UTSA and North Texas, you know, really good. I mean, same level type as, as Troy and South Alabama and Coastal and James Madison that y'all got to see firsthand in the Sun Belt. I mean, you know, people in college football look at this. They think, they think if you don't play Power 5 football, 
that you're not very good. There's a lot of really good football teams out there. I mean, the Sunbelt Conference is, I mean, I mean, look at those teams there and all the teams that are eligible. You look at Troy, South Alabama, and Coastal, and James Madison. Now, James Madison had a winning record, but they're not eligible this year because they have to sit out two years from their upgrade from FCS to FBS. So they still have, they weren't eligible either. So that, that some of those things come into play, but you know, Sunbelt's loaded. A good football league, good teams. You guys know that because you play them every week. But right. It's easy to have Southern Miss coming in at 6-6 six and, six and you know, being so close and coming from a really good football league like they do. Right. Luke? Barry, thanks so much for coming on. Um, of course, you're familiar with Southern Miss. You're a part of the Alabama Athletic Department uh, for many years and, and saw the Golden Eagle teams play. Uh, but you've been a part of this this bowl uh, when Southern Miss uh, made an appearance in 2000 and 2006. And, you know, it, it, it does change. I was a part of four bowl games. And I guess our listeners would like to know what the what the Golden Eagles are going to be involved in this week, you know, off off the field. Can you share that with us? Yeah, we. Uh, I've only been with the bowl a few years, but I do remember Southern Miss playing there now. I think I told uh, Luke on Friday when we talked, we were setting up this interview, and I've seen a lot of college football games and a lot of teams. Uh, I I think outside of Alabama, Southern Miss might be the next team I've seen on my list the most because we played them so many times when I was at Alabama. Uh, A two-time Lending Tree Bowl champion. You guys, I'm going to put the pressure on you two guys right now. You got a chance to be the only three-time Lending Tree Bowl champion. So I'm going to go ahead and put the wow. pressure on you right now. No one's ever won our game three times. And uh, Arkansas State's been here four times and won it twice. Southern Miss is two for two. Uh, they beat TCU, I think, the second year of the poll. And I think LaDainian Tomlinson was still at TCU at the time. He was. And then they beat Ohio in 2007. Uh, so they got a chance to win their third Lending Tree Bowl. This is Rice's first appearance. They're the 28 different teams play in the game. Uh, tomorrow we've got the teams coming in. We've got a coach's press conference tomorrow night. We've got a dinner and a, and a event tomorrow night for the teams. It's going to be a game show night. So we're going to get them up with trivia questions, and game show-like conditions, and try to see which team's the smartest team on the game show network tomorrow night. Um, we have a trip planned for both teams Wednesday to the beach for Dolphin Island. Uh, we pray that we don't have those tornadoes and storms that we're, that we're uh, expecting to have Wednesday, that that doesn't mess that up. Uh, the teams will also do some community service work while they're here. Uh, they'll go to the Flight Works Museum to see how some of the aircraft and stuff are made. Uh, I, I don't think the teams, well, some of the some of the teams are not scheduled, but we give them some options to go see the best ship and, uh, you know, just free time for the kids to put them at 5.45, All right, Barry, we appreciate you being on the show very much, and uh, thank you for your time, sir. We look forward to the bowl game Saturday night. Looking forward to it. Looking for safe travels to all the Golden Eagles coming over to Mobile. All right. Barry Allen, everybody, from the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Going to talk a little hoops when we come back. Basketball coach Nick Williams on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us.
Southern Miss to the top. All right, we want to thank Barry Allen from the Lending Tree Bowl for joining us uh, in the first segment. Looking forward, of course, to the Golden Eagles uh, beating up on Rice Saturday. That uh, kickoff is at 445. And I was just going to say, Bob, I'm glad that they're doing something, you know, like of the quiz nature, the quiz bowl or whatever they're doing tomorrow night so that. Because that's going to be the only yeah. thing Rice has a we chance of winning. We want to have a chance of winning something. Yeah, right. They have a chance there. We'll put our superbacks forward. They'll take <laughs> Yeah. Campus Bookmart sponsors this segment of the show. Kathleen will be on the show Wednesday uh, with Kelly, Luke, and Mike. Make, uh, Michael, make sure that you uh, make sure that you include Campus Bookmart on your show, uh, Christmas shopping list. If you've got a Golden Eagle in your family, well, it's a must. They're open seven days a week. You can always shop them online as well campusbookmart.net. Men got back uh, to the tradition, the new tradition of winning 9-1, and one, a 95-59 shellacking of Lamar. Basketball coach Nick Williams is on the bus with the guys right now headed to Lamar, and uh, they're going to have a return match. And, Coach, after after the curb stomping you guys put on them this weekend, is there any chance they may have called you and told you, eh, why don't we just forget about that second game or – or do you think they're going to let you come up and play? <laughs> nah, man. Thank you guys for having me. Um, now nah, we 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 are um, we're, we're anxious to get to it. Um, the guys are already, and <clears throat> we feel like we got a lot to improve on um, from this last game against Lamar headed into tomorrow. So, um, guys are excited about you know having another chance to um, prove to you know a lot of people um, what we're about, and um, so we're just we're just ready for it. Well, nine and one. If people aren't paying attention now, I, I don't know what you, what you say about it. Okay. So let me ask you. I know this is really unusual that you would play two back to back games against the same team like this. From a perspective of a coach, do you like this, dislike this, or rather indifferent about it? Uh, I would say I'm kind of indifferent um, at at this point. Um, it really doesn't matter um, who we're playing. We could be playing the Lakers. Um, we, we would still have the same mindset of going in there and just handling business. Um, um, like I said before, the guys are um, excited, and we, we feel like we got a lot to um, improve on because we, we didn't we didn't really particularly like how we ended that game the other day. It was 95 to 59. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you like the way that the game started, uh, Coach yeah, William. Sure. That's for sure. And, and I think one of the things that people aren't really making note of with this Golden Eagle basketball team is how well they play defense. Um, you know, yeah. weren't shooting the ball necessarily early in the year very well, as well as you are now. The turnover numbers have been low. But, man, you guys are playing great defense, too. I think Lamar only scored about five points for about the first half of the first half. I mean, it was remarkable. Yeah, these, these guys have, have totally bought in. Um, if you if you would have saw us in the summer, um, you would have you would have um, known, uh, or just trying to you know be the best that we can be. Um, you know, the first half was good, and you know I think Coach gave, gave us a number earlier, like we um, like Lamar shot twenty eight percent in the first half, and, and guys were happy about that. We felt like it should have been lower. And at the end of the game, I think they scored maybe like twelve points in the last two or three minutes. And uh, like I said, guys, we're not happy about that. Like, we feel like we can do better, and uh, we will be better. Well, ninety-five fifty-nine, Luke. That's that's uh, that's pretty sound, regardless <laughs> of who better. you're playing. Yeah, we can do better. Right. No, coach. Thanks so much for coming on. Of course, uh, you played at Indiana and and Ole Miss, and and would you talk for a minute about 
about Austin uh, Crowley and uh, what he's meant. Of course, everybody got fired up the big windmill the other day. But I mean, it's just this is it's it's game changing this year to have a, a guard with his ability to to shoot. Ivory's come on in the last few weeks too. I mean, just talk about the guard play. Um, I think these guys have been tremendous. Um, they they bought into to um, to a system that we um, that we set the standard for once we got here. Um, these guys are are locked in. They like I said, they bought in. They are they are on one like one single day. Like there's there's no no half speed. There's no walk through. There's no nothing. Everything is full speed, and um, like it's, it's remarkable to see how um, how they take on new challenges every single day. How upbeat they are. How um, how just locked in they are, and um, They've been playing well, and um, but it's what we expected. We we didn't. They aren't doing anything that we didn't expect. So, um, like I said, they, these guys are locked in, and they they're just hungry for more. And um, you can see how we play, how hard we play, how fast we play. That like we we're going to be relentless, and um, you know we're not going to be you know satisfied with just any old thing. Felipe Hase, we interviewed him the other day, and something he said I thought was was really interesting because from Southern Miss basketball fans, these are new players because you know they, they've come from different places. But this isn't like th- these are vets on this roster. And one thing Felipe said was he said that they, you know, as a group, they kind of felt like these are a bunch of guys that uh, in different places didn't find their spot. Maybe they were kind of didn't play as much or were kind of put to the side. And really have something to prove to themselves as individuals, but as a collective group. Uh, and and could you speak about that? Just really how how experienced this roster is. I mean, it's is is something that's that's special. We feel like we have a special group, and I call them the misfits. You know, um, uh, just a bunch of guys who who've been to other places and you know wanted more, but you know for whatever reason couldn't really have more. Um, but I think our, 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 our grit and just, just the way we go about things just embodies the Southern Miss way. There's a bunch of tough, rugged dudes who scrap and, and, and scrape and crawl for everything. And, um, like I said, you can, you can see the way we play, the way we warm up, the way we talk to each other that, you know, um, just, you, you're going to be in for a fight. And, um, these guys are older, they're experienced and they've been, they've been around the block a few times. Um, and these guys are, are hungry, and um, you know tomorrow and, and the rest of the season, you guys are going to continue to see a team that just won't quit, that won't give up. And um, I, I think um, hopefully these, you know, the fans will start coming out more and be proud of the type of product that we put on the floor each and every game. Coach, is, is there any word as to how soon Naftali Alvarez will get be able to rejoin the lineup? For, uh, maybe before conference play or when conference play gets started just before the new year? Um, I still think he's a, 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 a ways out. I think he's, you know, obviously closer than he's is, been. He was in the warm-up line a few days ago, and um, I think he's progressing every single day. Um, but you just gotta, we just got to put our arm around him, and we got to, you know, help him understand that it's, it's a process. And, um, you know, it's just – you know, just the way things are. But he's working his butt off every single day with rehab and just having a positive mindset. But, you know, he was, you know, injured a little bit last year. So um, that could, you know, have a, um, a toll on you. But, you know, he's our brother. Um, he's a he's a kid who's 
super competitive, so he wants to be out there, and he will be back out there before you know it. So we just got to keep, you know, keep him in our prayers and just keep our arm around him. We'll continue to win until he gets back, you know. All right, Coach Kelly and I were talking. We've got a couple of minutes left. He and I were talking during the break. We don't know much about the Sun Belt Conference when it comes to basketball. <laughs> kind of tell right. us how you think that com- – how, how that's going to stack up competitively to the types of teams you've been playing so far? I mean, I think um, the the competition is about to get you know tougher. Um, we've had, but we've had some. Uh, we've been tested. You know, we went down to Northwestern State and we went up to Liberty. Um, and if you've been inside that gym when it gets loud, I don't think I've ever been, you know, in a in a gym that's been louder. Um, um, going up to Vandy so early in the season where, you know, everybody picked us to lose that game and guys just stood up, took it on the chin and, and fought back and hit back, and we came out with a W. So um, I think I think the Sun Belt is a really, really tough league. Um, they With this transfer, transfer portal, um, teams uh, are able to get better quickly. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, just going to be another test, but our guys are ready for it. So, um we're gonna we're gonna you know prepare the way we we prepare, and we're gonna you know be able to um, put our best foot forward when it when time comes. Well, Coach Williams, Coach Cardona predicted on this very program that you guys were going to win the Sun Belt, which leads me to the next did, question: yeah. Is that still the case, or does his medication need to be lowered a little bit? No, nah, I think we need to up it a little bit, man. I think uh, I think he 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 wasn't as. Uh, as emphatic as uh, I, I have grown him to be, um, grown to know. Yeah. Um, he was the, the first person I saw when I stepped on campus, and um, we clicked immediately. Like our, our offices are right next to each other. We probably argue more than two two schoolgirls, man. If you've ever seen us together, so. But I mean, he's um, he's been a mentor to me. Coach Liner has been a you know a mentor to me, and I just try to soak up as much. Um, game as I possibly can from those two, and it's been amazing. Um, he's been, you know, he's been a lightning rod for our our team, and um, we just we just you know try to feed off his energy. All right, coach, we sure appreciate it. At this rate, you're nine and one. I've got it projected out. Then we go eighteen and two. We'll give you a loss. Then we go twenty three and twenty seven and three. Uh, by the time we reach thirty games, that seemed doable. I, I'm, I, I'm being honest with you guys. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like how you just gave us two losses like that. <laughs> wow! <laughs> but uh, man, I, uh, we we we're excited. We're confident, and um, you know we're gonna try to win every game we play. All right, coach. Good luck to you. We appreciate okay. your time. We'll be right. Back. I appreciate y'all for having me. All right. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, we want to thank Nick Williams, basketball coach, uh, for joining us as they travel out to uh, Texas right now to uh, get that rematch uh, with Lamar. Appreciate Coach Williams. Also, Barry Allen from the Lending Tree Bowl. Appreciate his insight. And, of course, the bowl game is at 445. 
Saturday afternoon. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. I guarantee you the bowl game will be on TV Saturday night. Uh, I'm sure they'll have some specials. We'll pass those along to you as we hear from Slade to the guys. But it's a great place to have lunch and uh, a great place uh, for you to go enjoy the bowl game Saturday uh, night if you don't plan on driving to Mobile. On tomorrow's Eagle Hour, J.P. Heath, the play-by-play voice of the Rice Owls, will be with us. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation and Luke Reynolds from DBAT here in Hattiesburg. The annual toy and food drive for Homes for Hope for Children is underway, and of course we're asking you again this year for your help. Donation boxes are set up and waiting for you at the corner market food stores across Hattiesburg and at the Citizens Bank on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. We're seeking canned food items, non-perishable foods, and new unwrapped toys, all of which will be distributed to the kids following a live broadcast from the Midtown Corner Market on Friday, December the 16th. We appreciate all of our Super Talk listeners uh, for what you've done in past years. We're asking you to help us again this year. Judge Tony Mazingo is in the studio with us here now and uh, in Hattiesburg in the Southern Bank Corps studio. And, uh, Judge, first of all, thank you uh, for coming in. Uh, as probably most listeners know, you announced some time back that you were stepping down. You were going to give up uh, your seat on the circuit court uh, here in the Pine Belt to take over the leadership uh, and uh, become the executive director of Homes for Hope. That was... Um, can I say that was a pretty dramatic thing to do, for lack of a better term? What what uh, what prompted you to take such a big change in your life, Judge? I've had a lot of time to answer that question in my mind, and in the simplest way I can say it is that at 60 years old, I wanted to do something to turn my back on the vanity and things of the world that I know the Lord would be pleased with. Well, Homes Homes for Hope is something that we've been associated with for a long time. It's no secret that the former director ran into some uh, some real bad problems and uh, was removed from that post. What we what we have said throughout this judge, and let me say that the Citizens Bank, Corner Market Food Stores, uh, Melissa Socher at Keith Co. They've stayed right with us. Now, we, we had some people that, that pulled away from us and, and for whatever reason didn't want to be involved in our effort to raise food and toys this year for the kids. But it was our feeling that the kids are the kids. The needs of the kids remain the same. The kids had nothing to do, nothing to do with what may have happened with the leadership at that facility. And the fact that Mr. Richard Giannini and now you – or associating yourselves with Homes for Hope gives it all the credibility in the world. Your thoughts about our our feeling that you should not not reduce your support for the kids because of something an adult did. Well, the Bible says forgetting those things which are behind, and all of us have failed, some more publicly than others. The bottom line is, as you said, there are 18 kids out there. Each one of them have had traumatic sometimes uh uh, things in their lives they never had the opportunities you and I all of us many of us have had and it's my intent to provide them a stable Christian home environment and that starts right here at the holiday season and everything that anybody does I can assure everyone listening for homes of hope for children will go to the direct benefit of the children and it does and what I'm concerned 
with is getting the message out that January 1st, when I start, all those things that are behind are behind. And we're going to focus on nothing but building the best ministry that will be a model for the rest of this country for taking care of children in crisis. Uh, Here's your opportunity, if you will, to speak to people that may be listening to this show. Why is it important? Why is it important to go get some canned food, to get some toys, to to go to these corner markets or the Citizens Bank or join us a week from – well, not a week from – to join us this Friday at 1 o'clock and make sure all this is provided for these children? I'm begging the public to help us make up the shortfall that we've experienced this in the last several months. Uh, The operational costs are great. We've had a fall off in in supporters and donors, and um, we have to stabilize this ship and get it pointed in the right direction for, uh, to the, I hate to sound corny, but the glory of God on behalf of these children, and the only way we can do that, the only income Homes of Hope has is the generous benevolent donations of this community and let me say i've never it's the outpouring in the past when i've looked over all of the budgets and numbers it's extraordinary what businesses and even individuals at ten dollars a month have done for homes of hope but now i need more than ever everybody to step up please at this holiday season help us get through this critical time stabilize everything financially and i promise you and i promise the public that um, you can know in your heart that giving is so far much better than receiving, especially to a helpless child that has no family, that has the only family they have is out there on that campus. And that's all right now that we're trying to provide for them is a peaceful Christian environment to live and to give to them and, and give them a happy time in their life. And uh, you, you mentioned looking at the budgets, Tony. What are some of the other bullet points, some of the things you wanted when you take over January 1st, some of the most immediate needs besides the budget? The most immediate need besides the budget yeah. are um, the ongoing day-to-day costs of feeding and operating gasoline, taking the children to school and back at Purvis, um, uh, the insurance costs, those sorts of things go on and on and on even when donations don't and i guess besides the budget we want to establish in the next two years our goal is to establish an endowment that will be great enough to sustain the operational costs in the future we're down to 18 children we have a capacity of 40 and we and the youth court in lamar and forest counties have already knocked on our door and they're ready for us to receive children under the legal right way to do it and to uh, care to, to be caretakers for those children. But we can't we we cannot grow and add children to the campus until we're able to support them. And so um, we've got a good staff in place, a brand new year coming up. And our needs, I guess, to finally answer your question would be for these for those of you who have the spirit, teach your children now is a good time to teach our children how to give to other children that are less fortunate. Instead of receiving, I ask that those of you who have it in their heart to get on our website on Facebook, Homes of Hope, whatever you have to do to contact me, the radio station, and thank you very much, Mr. Getty, oh, sure. to the Citizens Bank, especially the Corner Market, who sustains us in our commissary from week to week. Uh, 
thank you for that. And and let's step up and make this the biggest year ever. And, and I got to tell you, Lamar County in particular, for yeah. listeners that don't live in Lamar County, Lamar County is is unusual in the sense. And I'll get your comment on this, uh, Judge, that you can go from you can go in probably a five to ten mile radius and see obscene wealth, and in the same radius, unspeakable poverty. It's Lamar County is really kind of weird that way, isn't it? Something, yeah. And that comes from the rate of growth in the, since Katrina. You know, we've got people that moved here that couldn't support themselves, and we've got people that have been very blessed financially through our medical and educational community. Uh, but those people, don't get me wrong, <laughs> they have been so generous and sure. kind. But I'm asking them to be more so now. Uh, I I have a deep conviction to use the last few years of whatever career I have, whatever currency I have, to implore all of the people that I've known and and tried to build relationships with now to turn and focus. If ever there was something for good in this county set aside that you can be sure is going to benefit less fortunate people, it's Homes of Hope. There are great charities. Don't get me wrong, and I don't want to take away from right. Cystic Fibrosis Foundation or anybody else, but this is 42 acres in Lamar County of a sanctuary for children from broken homes, whatever kind of home, no home, to come to a place where they're loved and cared for. All right. The donation boxes are located at all the corner market food stores across Hattiesburg at the Citizens Bank on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. We will be at the Midtown Corner Market starting at 10 o'clock Friday morning through 2 o'clock Friday afternoon. You can certainly bring uh, toys and uh, and canned food. Can I have there. 30 seconds? You can, yes, sir. I want it totally unrelated. I had an encounter the other night. I met two of the U- USM assistant football coaches at a restaurant. Just sat down next to them. Next morning, I got a text from Coach Will Hall. I'm all in. I'm sorry I've been one of these alumni that alumnuses that were alumni that were local and hadn't been supporting the program. I encourage everybody here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, let's get back involved there with Southern go. Miss. Southern Miss to the top. Thank you, Judge, very yes, much. Sir. Thank you for the time. Judge Tony Mazingo, everybody. We'll be right back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. We'll talk about DBAT and D1 Training with Luke Reynolds tomorrow, but appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour every day on the fourth segment. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Happy 25th birthday to the man himself, Matt Walner, Major League Baseball player for the Minnesota Twins. Guys, where'd he go to college? Where did he play college baseball? Uh, Southern Miss, baby. There we go. Congratulations uh, to making it a quarter century through life. Matt Walner, wish you the very best and uh, just proud of you 
for uh, for everything you've done. All right, men's basketball. Just to recap over the weekend, nine ninety five fifty nine win of Lamar Eagles improved to nine and one. Austin Crowley with twenty four points, four Golden Eagles with uh, with double po- with double digit points. Ivory contributed sixteen. Hase with twelve. Victor Hart with uh, with eleven, and then Pinkney had uh, nine with six rebounds. Eagles, as we talked to uh, to Coach earlier, headed out to Lamar. They'll take on Lamar and Beaumont tomorrow night at seven p.m. Ladies, as we mentioned a little earlier, lost fifty six forty seven to Alabama over the weekend. They fall to five and four. Headed out to California at the end of this week to take on UC Irvine and Long Beach State. Um, this weekend against Alabama yesterday. Grayson had 14 in 35 minutes. That's the big takeaway. Dom Davis also contributed uh, 11 points. What a run for Jenny Hazelwood and the Lady Eagles in her first year as volleyball coach. They fall in the Final Four up in Massachusetts to Boston College. Uh, but what a well-done uh, Lady Eagle volleyball. They, they finished the year at 21-12 and 12 and have a whole lot of pieces coming back uh, for Jeannie Hazelwood's uh, year two next year. So congratulations uh, to them. Guys, baseball, uh, just pr- pretty as- astonishing. Wouldn't, wouldn't really ex- uh, expect any less from Southern Miss baseball fans, but season tickets have surpassed 3,000. Sold um, over uh, over just happened. I guess today because this was released about thirty minutes ago. Just comments about that, guys. As, as uh, Southern Miss baseball goes over three thousand season tickets. Sold. Uh, well, it's one thing to to break a season ticket, you know, mark, but it's another thing to shatter it. I mean, it's not even close to what the old record was. And this question has been asked before, but maybe it's more relevant now than ever is to where are you going to put all these people? I mean, obviously, there are seats for them, but the discussions of potential improvements at Pete Taylor Park have, have been mentioned you know, several times. And, Luke, I just you know, throw it out there. Would, would it be, it'd have to be down the, the right field line, wouldn't it? I mean, where some of the picnic areas are or whatnot. Well, you, you, you start interfering with the roost if you go that way. You probably could put a little more on the, uh, on the, the left field side, and you've got to wonder – um, could you could you build up a little more? You know, on either side of the suites, just gotta. There, there's positives and negatives on each side, just sure. for the simple reason that you're gonna. You, you don't want uh, people who pay for premium seats to be to be blocked or interfered with. Well, I dare to broach this subject, but you know, <laughs> years ago at Mississippi State, they had the famous left field lounge, and they they basically did away with that. They they moved it, I guess I should say, to make room for more seating. Uh, would that ever happen here? I mean, that, that's a question. Yeah, because well, because you're limited by the long leaf trace, you know, back there. Well, so, so, that's a huge drop off. Yeah, so there. up up is really the only place to go. I guess that would be yeah. symbolic too, as the or program down, continues. Or, and perhaps you could put some seats along where that mezzanine is, where the picnic area is, along the right field line, without interfering. You know, without constructing the view of the people in the roost up behind them, there, there would be definite we, rebellion if the roost was. Affected. We do know, right. you know, last last year during postseason play, there were some engineers walking around with athletic department staff. Now, so now, now here's Jerry here's, McLean's ahead of that. Here's a quiz question, Luke, for Bob. All right, the Lady Eagles going out to play Cal Irvine. Mm-hmm. What's the nickname of Cal Irvine? Ant Eaters. Yes. How about that? Way good to job. go. Yeah, Ant Eaters. Yeah. <laughs> good, good job. That's a good Hey, one. guys, wrapping up on this Monday, um, this is a Southern Miss show, but it is a Mississippi show. And, of course, all of us, um, Just it's just tough 
yesterday hearing about uh, Mike Leach being rushed with a medical emergency. This The latest from Mississippi State came out a few hours ago. Mississippi State University head football coach Mike Leach remains in critical condition at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson. Mike's family is with him and appreciates the overwhelming expressions of love and support for the coach, but also requests that their family's privacy be respected at this time. This is the extent of information that MSU has available regarding Coach Leach's condition, and the university will make no further comment. At this time, MSU will issue additional information via social media when it becomes available. Uh, Will Hall earlier today just talking about uh, what Mike Leach means to college football, but what he's meant to the state and – Guys, just uh, continue to, to pray for he and his family. It's, it's just a tough situation. A great coach, a great personality, a huge personality, and uh, we wish him and his family, obviously, nothing but the best. And defensive coordinator Arnett, uh, Coach Arnett, it will take over or is taking over, you know, bowl preparations and things until some – Close friend of mine from the Mississippi Delta is a big, big uh, Mississippi State booster and uh, – he called me last night. He was really upset. That's tough for the Mississippi State family. No question. No question about that. All right, that wraps up the Eagle Hour. Please donate some canned food, non-perishable food, new unwrapped toys at a corner market in the Hattiesburg area or the Citizens Bank on Highway 98. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. top. Into the future Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.